Hi all, my name is Lawrence Joss and welcome to the Family Disappeared podcast. Today we're going to continue the conversation with Larry DeMarco, the founder of The Law Center, which is a YouTube channel that has a plethora of free information and tools for anyone that's navigating the family law system and dealing with other professionals and stakeholders in the space. And he's also the founder and the developer of the Family Court Custody Bootcamp. And this is an incredible tool for any of you out there trying to navigate the family court system. It offers you perspective, legal and emotional of how to navigate this stuff, how to educate yourself, how to resource yourself. It's a must watch and it's something to incorporate immediately into your life. And even if you've been through the court system, it's definitely something that has changed my life and it's given me different resources and perspective for some of the stuff that I went through. Okay. Let's jump in and see what happens. There was a time in my life when I was overwhelmed and underwater. Those days are the inspiration for this podcast. This is by far the ultimate healing journey for all of us. Healing ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and physically is paramount to this journey. From this place of grounding, we can all go out into the world and change all our interactions and relationships. We can engage people from an integrated and resourced place. This is a journey of coming home to ourselves. In today's episode, we'll start to explore some of these issues. Let's begin the healing journey today. Welcome to the Family Disappeared Podcast. So part of my story is my ex-wife at the time had asked me to leave the house. And I had no idea there was any problems going on. The word parental alienation, I wouldn't find for eight or nine years. But she had asked me to leave the house, and I presumed that I'd be gone for two or three days. And then I found out that she had hired an attorney and was getting ready to file for divorce. And at the same time, I found out that she was making some accusations about me that I was unfit emotionally to be with the kids, and she was going to try and take the kids away from me full time. What do I do? right? Like, what would you do? So my first thing to do was to call my attorney and say, Hey, this is going down. And my attorney's like, Hey, no big deal. This is something that happens and we'll move through it. And, and if I can't help you, maybe you need to go find a, a professional family law attorney. And you know what I said? I said, okay, I wish I would have known that educating myself and really understanding the pathology, what was going on and, and how the court system functions was a necessity. But I didn't know that. There was no one out there telling me that. The resources weren't readily available and indexed so I could actually find one place to go through them all. It would have taken me hundreds of hours to find the information out in one place and even to understand it. You know, today, I really feel like with technology and with the access to different podcasts and different other folks within the community that are doing phenomenal work, and including Larry DeMarco, there's so many things that are available to anyone that's new to the system. And anyone that's been in the system for a very long time, this information is just as relevant. I'm just learning some of this information now that I can't necessarily apply in a court system or in the legal system. But it definitely helps regulate my nervous system in understanding some of the complexities of what was happening that I couldn't put words to. And most importantly, it lets me be of service to other people. You know, and I'm going to say that one more time. It lets me be of service to other people. Early on, it was just about me and I. And now it's kind of changing as my kids are aging and, and getting older and are young adults. I don't really have any kind of impact that I can influence directly in their lives, but I can help other people. I can be of service. I can bring these subjects up, subjects up to discuss. I can share information and, and wonderful individuals that I'm meeting along the road with you folks out there. 
And just just to remind you, this is a community podcast. If there's any particular people you want interviewed, if there's any questions you feel like we're not thoroughly asking or any new questions that you have, please let us know. Our email is in the show notes. And if you have some content, some recovery stories, some kind of tip of the day or something that you would like to share, please share your information with us. And we are creating a portal so we can let folks in our community have a voice, whether it's anonymously on the podcast, where the, the pictures on the podcast or through other kind of format. So we look forward to seeing you. And please remember, share, like, give us reviews wherever you're watching or listening to us. The more people that know about the resources, the more people that we can help. And as a reminder, everything that we are doing is 100% free. So let's jump into the conversation with Larry. And I, I can promise you it's going to be useful. And I can promise you it's going to be entertaining. So put on your seatbelt. And let's jump right on it. So we, we discussed that going to court is a business and, and a, a, it's a financial means for a lot of attorneys and it's how they support whatever they're supporting. And then all the different players and stakeholders are doing the same things, whether it's the mental health professionals, whether, you know, anyone else associated with the court, it's a money making thing. So this boot camp that you've come up with replaces a lot of these money making obstacles and really give some power and agency to the parents and the folks going through the court system. Can you let us know a little bit more about the program, what it is, how how it looks and how it's accessible to the layperson that doesn't necessarily understand this different terminology and how to uh, really process that stuff? First, let me just qualify and make sure I'm not being misunderstood. I'm not saying all lawyers are this way. I'm just saying the system is set up where you have an entire industry that tends to form a pattern of hourly billing and when it creates an inherent conflict. But I'm not saying all lawyers don't care about their clients or exploiting their clients. You can, you can really find really good people who really care and want what's best for their clients and consider their clients a friend or a, a human being that they want to see and take a holistic approach. So please, I don't want to. I, I do not want to uh, completely disparage all family lawyers. Just the industry has an inherent conflict. I just want to clarify that. So to your question, to to try and combat that, what to me that industry capitalizes on the ignorance of the public and an old-fashioned unavailability of information. Because when I got out of law school, we were just dealing with books this thick. If you ever saw a, a, an old-fashioned law library, there's rows and rows of thick books, and, and the lawyer was trained how to index them. That was then. Now, information is available. But the problem with modern-day information is it's buried in the world wide web, this enormous sea of information. And sure, we can do searches on Google with keywords, but still, it's paralyzing how much there is to know. So what I saw as a problem is this sea of information, but it's near impossible to swim through it all or to find that needle in a haystack. And it frustrated me to how available it was. And when I was a volunteer for family rights nonprofits and helping parents in custody court, I found myself just referencing people said, go here, go here, look this up, but I can only help them in a very short time. A large amount of that time was spent for them conveying what their problem was, nor did they know how to convey that. The other thing is doing the research for this family court boot camp, but doing it in the research, 
one of the biggest complaints parents had was how helpless they felt and tongue-tied they felt in court with that lawyer being able to say things and dance all around them. And what shocked me was how little case law or how non-complex my and others family court case actually is. So here's something very, very simple in terms of academics. There is not a lot of factual information and rules to learn, but yet people can feel so emotionally frail and disempowered in court, so helpless and at the mercy of another court, another attorney, excuse me. So what I saw from speaking to people who are going through this problem is a sense of helplessness in the face of a sea of information. I knew it was my goal and the task would be to give as much information to people as fast as I can in as organized a fashion to dispel the myth that there's something out there that you don't know. When you are breaking up with the most important person in your life, your child's parent, and you're losing your family, the impact is often self-esteem, emotional, and, and, and thought-based or emotionally based. And so that when you have to represent yourself because you don't have the funds to retain an attorney or an attorney took all the funds that you had that should have been enough, but they're not because you're in a high conflict situation, the solution to me was information. For me to show people what that lawyer knows, how that lawyer got it, and give you the path where you can take to learn as much as you possibly can efficiently, quickly, effectively, so that you know what that lawyer knows and then you feel empowered to be able to arm yourself when you go to war on behalf of your child and family. So just a clarifying question on, on the boot camp. If people take the boot camp, they go through the modules, they learn as much inf information as they can, they feel as empowered as possible. Does the boot camp actually help them go to court and represent themselves? Does the boot camp prepare them for court? How does that relate to what actually is going to happen in the process, in your opinion? The first thing is, is I went through my education and I went through all my experience of being a uh, self-help desk helper, volunteer, and family law lawyer, but I never had a, a real uh, uh, a thorough or primary family law practice. I just dabbled. Disclaimer that I, I was not an active full-time family lawyer, but I was a client and I do have my law license and I, I know the law. I don't have hundreds and hundreds of cases to draw experience, but I know all the law and it's simple. So yes, I teach everything. I, I, the, the whole purpose of the program was for me to tell you everything I know. I don't, I completely go through the education and case law or all the areas of law that someone needs to know or what a family law lawyer needs to know. All the law school courses, training, Information that I got in law school, college, after law school, the research that I handled, everything you need, including trial advocacy, rules of evidence for you to be able to at least know what that lawyer knows. Now, you can't – you don't have that experience, so you're not going to be necessarily um, a, a, a try, a, able to be a lawyer, but because you know your case better, 
You almost even up, you balance things out because you have your case memorized. The lawyer just looked at a file for a couple hours. Otherwise, they're really billing their, 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 their client an enormous amount. So yes, I do teach everything, but I do not recommend that you go to court by yourself if you can avoid it. Okay. So again, just digging a little bit deeper into that, you don't recommend that people actually go into court themselves. Are there certain times when you say, yes, have a, an attorney, you have to have it for X, 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 and Y, and then A through Z, you can actually do at home by yourself, fill this out, fill that. You don't necessarily need someone holding your hand through the process. Can you give me some kind of delineation so people can have a little bit clearer understanding? Yes. I want everyone to be aware that there's a study that suggests a professor conducted a study, a controlled study, where they gave the same fact pattern to a, both a man and a woman with a lawyer and without a lawyer. And they requested professionals in the court system to score what they saw, what case was stronger. And there was a, a substantial benefit markup in judges, their perception of the exact same factual case presented in the exact same manner they gave the benefit to someone with an attorney versus without an attorney. So you're at a disadvantage, not, but because, not because you're not representing yourself as well. You are, it's a social construct, being a self-represented litigant, that you're at a disadvantage to someone with an attorney if all the facts and all the evidence presented is the same. Because of that, you are better off paying what I call a limited scope attorney which we can get into later, but I don't recommend that you do it on your own, but I do recommend you know everything that that lawyer knows to make your decisions, to make strategic decisions, or to be able to fully represent yourself and do right for you as a parent and your and your child. There's still a part of the question that I'm not quite understanding, right? Like I'm hiring an attorney, they're filing paperwork, they're doing all different kinds of stuff, and we're going to jump into limited scope right after this or or as part of this question. And limited scope is hiring an attorney just to do a limited duty, right? So, so my question again is, as a parent with limited funds that's struggling, that's been stuck in the court system for a long time, what can they do for themselves and what do they need to hire someone in a limited scope or in some other scope to help them with i just really want to also bring it really down to lay person's terms so we can really understand what i can do for myself and what is just not advisable to do myself if i i can have the funds or have the resources to ask for help when needed so i'm going to now risk antagonizing you and your audience and give you a lawyer answer it depends, <laughs> but it does. It does. There's no way, there's really no way to answer that in this podcast format as a general absolute, uh, absolute. But what I want you to realize is what a lawyer, what being a lawyer means is that you quote unquote pass the bar and you have a right to represent a third party. As a client, you have the right to represent yourself. So you technically do not need a lawyer but in my program, what I teach you is to be how the best client. I am not teaching you to be a lawyer. I'm teaching you how to make that decision that you just asked me, how to make decisions for yourself based upon your intellectual capacity, the information that you have, your ability to detach yourself from your emotions and speak for yourself and make business decisions because my profession doesn't do that for you. 
So you need to do that for yourself. And so I set a very modest uh, uh, price point and I request a lot of information to be thorough, but I give you an enormous amount of information, but I try and break it down to what you need for your case and, and your personal shortcomings or strengths. So that then when you meet a lawyer who holds himself out to be a flat rate lawyer or a limited scope lawyer, you, you and your lawyer, your limited scope lawyer, can make the best decision for you based upon your particular factual situation and strengths or weaknesses as an individual. Well, and thank you for that clarification and, and for everyone out there listening, like the idea of empowerment, of empowering yourself, of being in self-agency, of taking care of yourself and having all the information. And I love, Larry, how you phrased that to become the best client possible, the, the, the best advocate for yourself possible and information is golden. And that's really useful because I know for me, when I was navigating the court system, I was acquiescing a lot of my agency and my empowerment to my attorney because I was trusting them to be the best professional possible. And in my opinion, they are there with me for an hour or a half an hour or two hours, and then they're off. And sometimes even when they're with me, they're off in another telephone call, another conversation, another thought. And just like Larry said, there's some wonderful people out there doing some wonderful work that are attorneys and judges. And there are a plethora of people out there that are just going through the motions of life, feeding their family, going to work and going home, and aren't necessarily fully invested in what's happening in my life. At, at least that has been my experience in the court system. And I really appreciate that this, this program is accessible and affordable to a larger population of people. And what are we talking here? How many modules? How many hours? Like, what, what does it look like for someone to be able to educate themselves through your system? What kind of time commitment? What, what would you say that would look like? I ask for people who have or in a high conflict case to set aside a week, a vacation week, or think of it in terms of 40 hours. And I base this decision on the fact that most people have a, a, a greatly reduced enjoyment of life during a time that they're in a high conflict case, there's sleepless nights, there's anxiety, there's increased drinking or drug of choice. It's, it's a highly, highly volatile and unique time. And what I'm trying to do is get you to stop staring at the ceiling, get up out of bed and look at a, some information for a half hour where you feel empowered, more confident and then can sleep. But I ask you to set aside that week now, you can spread that week out depending upon if you need to immerse yourself and, and, and take four weekends of, of 10 hours, five hours and five hours, or if you can do it by an hour a day for 40 days, you know, maybe five business days, five business evenings, eight, you know, for eight weeks. But plan on, I need a week of your time to turn you into an empowered machine who can be just as effective in making decisions, at least for someone else, uh, you know, if you can, again, detach and see, if you, if you can see clearly, you at least have the information to be able to make fully informed choices so that you know what the profession doesn't necessarily teach you about how to be a business person. This would not be a good use of your funds if you are earning $750,000 a year. You might want to pay someone $300 an hour 
to, 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 to suspend that time. But if you are making under three quarters of a million dollars, this is a good business decision. Not to mention, emotionally, it's a better use of therapy time because you will, you will lose that, that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness because you will know you can do everything you can and know at least what there is to know for you to make the best decisions. And what better therapy could you get in such a time of helplessness going through the system? Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, initially, when you're like, hey, I need a week, I need 40 hours, I felt my breath suck in. I'm like, whoa, Larry. And at the same time, all the hundreds of hours and weeks and months I've spent thinking about this stuff when I put that in relationship to taking a week to doing this. And we all don't have a week. Let's be real. Some of us are just earning enough money just to get through the day. And maybe it takes... Or you have two jobs. Or you have two jobs. Or you're unemployed. Or you're houseless. You know, there's so many different variables. And taking two hours a day taking a full Saturday, like really coming up with a game plan. And I suggest this for people, have a game plan where there's this or some other resource in that you're doing yourself, have a calendar, have a game plan, write it out, know exactly how you're gonna get through the course, how you're gonna resource yourself, and your nervous system is gonna thank you because it's gonna relax into whatever kind of format you're setting up for. Remember, I actually made this for the out of custody parent. When you are feeling that ache and that loss where you used to take your child to the zoo, a, an arcade, or spend that time when you are out of custody and someone is keeping your child away from you, what better use of your time than to empower yourself to get him or her back? So that was what part of that thought is. For the person without time, if you had a young child, the amount of time that it takes to, 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 to parent a child is an enormous time commitment. So. When you're out of custody, it's also meant to 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 to, to fill the time, the devil's time of, of of eating at your soul and your spirit. So, uh, but thank you for, for reminding me how hard it can be for people to come up with that time. Yeah, and I love your your, your passion, Larry, and, and and where I sit in my seat, my perspective and ideas are a little bit different than what you're saying. To take the time and to spend it and to fill that non non custodial time with something useful is a hundred percent. And educating yourself about the law and and getting into some stuff that's maybe a little bit more dense. Yes, do it a hundred percent. Empower agency, and at the same time, this mental health issue with having resources, having community, having people to laugh with, having people people to talk with, having people that have lived experiences at the same time as you're trying to digest something really dense like this is what I suggest from a personal recovery standpoint. And I feel like there's a hybrid mix of getting through some of these really dense, sticky things, but resourcing yourself. As Larry's saying, when you get into the family court system, like you want to be as articulate as you can. You want to be as grounded as you can, and you want to be as prepared as you can. And the, the information and the boot camp that he's offering is going to give you a huge amount of that. And you're going to have to be working on your interpersonal relationship with yourself spiritually and emotionally. They are not separate. They're part of the same parcel, and they're presented as, as different access points, but the both things go together. And in and, and your experience, Larry, like just tying in this, this, this uh, mental health, personal, interpersonal work that needs to happen happen in conjunction with educating yourself about the family law system. How, how does that land for you? And what couple thoughts do you want to share about that? Sure. How it lands for me, first of all, thank you for the question. And thank you for being so mental health focused. I wanted to be a psychologist. I'm a, a frustrated psychologist and, you know, one at heart. And 
I found myself putting in the mental component, mental and emotional, it's both, and focusing on parenting as a custody litigating, a custody litigant. And it ties in. I'm allowed to do this because as an attorney, I need to coach for witness preparation. You have a better case and you are a better witness if you are taking care of yourself. You will appear better. You will appear calmer, more self-sufficient, and able to parent if you are taking care of yourself, cutting down on your drinking or whatever intoxicant, behaving well and not self-destructively, entering good relationships, having a good support network. You are showing that you can be a better leader and role model for your child. And most important is actually how you interact with your with your co-parent or ex, even during high conflict litigation where you're not speaking, but you're texting. Every word that you put in to a communication or some type of negotiation, even about just a weekend or a pickup time, how you interact. You are creating evidence and you're being a witness so your self-care, your emotional well-being is critically relevant in what you are putting down in writing, what mindset would approach. You can only create a good record, be a good co-parent, and be a good parent, and be a good witness if you're being good to yourself. I love that, Larry. And we previously had a guest on Lynn Steinberg, and she said something really uh, great. And she's a friend of Larry's and mine and someone we both really respect. And she, she said in her, her interview that you only get one chance to make a first impression in court, right? I just want to say that one more time to anyone out there listening. You only get one chance to make a first impression. And the tools that Larry is offering as far as educating yourself is a must-have. And this emotional sobriety, this, uh, this spiritual sobriety, this really consciousness of how we're behaving, how we show up, how we're managing our body is incredibly important. So if there's one thing that you take away from the show, you get one chance to make a first impression, take care of yourself, resource yourself, use these tools. And these tools are new tools. They weren't available for me. They weren't available a year ago, two years ago. The show wasn't available to educate people and bring on parents from all different aspects and professionals to let you know what puddle not to step in. So I think uh, this is a really cool opportunity for all of you. And I've got a couple of other questions here, Larry. So before we jump into my final questions, this idea of the one-on-one -on -one model, one attorney, one client, why does that not work in your opinion? It's inefficient. It's, it's time expensive. And especially when lawyers are billing by the hour and that lawyer, and they, I'm, again, this is why I'm kind of hard on my own profession, that lawyer is repeating the same trial preparation, the same initial warnings or teaching. The lawyer's repeating over and over again, and he can't be helping other people at the same time he's helping you. So you need to pay his full overhead, his full expense for that time when that lawyer can be more efficient, I originally created the Law Center as a way, my YouTube channel, as a way for me to put down in video everything that I kept repeating over and over and over again so I can send my clients a, 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 uh, an instruction about a particular hearing or point or something that I want them to know. I wouldn't have to repeat myself. I could say, here, no charge. I've already... 
I've already put this down. It's an hour long. Save yourself 300 bucks or whatever the cost. But the whole point is to, to, to show it could be done, to, to show that there's a better way of doing of, – of professionals who are charging hourly to help their clients. If you pre-record something once and you save your time, you can, can, you can transfer those savings to your client. So one-on-one does not work because now with the, 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 the wage inequality, how you have this, this um, you know, wealth is going to polar opposites of directions. So where does that leave people that are living paycheck to paycheck? They're out of court. They cannot afford that one-on-one business model, but that they can afford a limited scope lawyer or a... Uh, a program that teaches you everything you need to know to be a good client. So I'm having an internal chuckle as we're having our conversation, Larry, because this this is part of me that really likes efficiency. This is part of me that really likes getting through stuff and moving through stuff in a really efficient and useful way. And a lot of this podcast came out of the idea of efficiency. Like how do we get to share as many ideas as possible with as many people as possible and make the largest impact and also let a lot of people that are on the margins have access to something that most people can get access to through a a telephone or or some other device. But I'm really enjoying your your passion about efficiency and delivering something to the most people possible. And and I want to acknowledge all the energy and work that you put into to make this available to people and really, really thank you for that. And I got a couple fun questions here to end up with. While you're pausing, I want to acknowledge you in the same passion uh, in the same fashion. Your manner is is mild mannered and mellow. But the passion that you have for you to put together this operation that you're putting, you're just doing it in a more common way. I'm Italian. We, you know, we, we have, or I have this energy for, for 10 people and it's genetic. So, but, but you're just as dedicated. And I want to acknowledge you right back for everything that you do in your nonprofit. Thanks, Lawrence. That's very kind, man. So if you could dream for a second here, right, we both acknowledge the, the family law system is dysfunctional, is not operating at any kind of high output, what would be the fix for the family law system? What could it look like if we could dream as outlandishly as possible? What would be your fantasy family law system if if uh, if you could throw that out if you're open to that? I am, and we're close. It's actually not this hypothetical pie in the sky fantasy as you say it. It's very reachable, and we might get there by necessity, but it, it's the it's the model that I am trying to set up. I'm trying to set up the template. I want, we always wanted to help in family court. I have a law license and there's this huge need. So I explored being an attorney, a family law attorney to help a large group of people and realized that the only people who could afford that broken one-on-one model are the wealthy who already have access. So to me, it was dead on arrival. Then I found this thing called limited scope which is a way to do something affordable. And I bought a book that's right over here. I just don't want to reach out. And it talks about, it was written by a premier family law attorney, Forrest Mostyn, about, uh, uh, the title's not exactly, but it's how to be a limited scope lawyer. And it's the playbook and the blueprint. First chapter, limited scope's not for everyone because everyone doesn't know enough to be able to do it. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that because I'm in a very uneducated city with half illiteracy, the city of Philadelphia and great poverty. So if it only works for the educated, then that's not going to help people. 
So I thought, okay, I'm not going to earn a living being a limited scope lawyer because even people don't have enough money for the lower amount. But what it did say is the people that you can help are the ones that there was a criteria of what they needed to have. So what I did was I looked at that list and I looked at that criteria and I thought, okay, let me educate people to be able to work with a limited scope lawyer. So then I thought, okay, now let me see who, who who's the limited scope lawyers are. And I'm, sadly, I, I'll be open, and this is where our, we, our, our dream and our fantasy comes with, that there's, there's few. It's not plentiful. There are some areas that is, is very hard to find a limited scope lawyer because it's bad business for the lawyer. The lawyer is going to make more for the rich guy who will pay 100 grand for their high conflict. And then the, uh, they'll make more than they will hustling for 500 bucks at a time and having to educate people to be able to maximize the value of that 500 bucks at a time. So what they can do, what a, a, a law office can do, it, it actually takes a lot of work to be able to coach someone on how to represent themselves and how to work with a limited scope lawyer. So I believe information, an education system that teaches civics and basic ins and outs and the, 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 how a courtroom works the very simple laws that go behind family court, how to communicate with a lawyer. Look, I have a lot of this stuff up for free in the resources, but YouTube does not let you index and organize easy because YouTube wants you surfing around. They want you watching a lot of content and a lot of ads before you find what you're looking for. They don't want you to be efficient. So the software does not let you organize, which is why, like to me, people need to be taught to use limited scope lawyers. So prepare yourself the best you can to be able to use a limited scope lawyer and demand to deal with someone who's only going to give you a flat fee. And eventually those lawyers will get more work and then more and more lawyers will become limited scope. And then it'll be a more, because of the consumer, you will have more lawyers spending more time setting their law practices up to handle the limited scope work and 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 if you can if you can change the industry from what I call traditional, where they want that twenty five thousand retainer for the high conflict case, and instead, if they focus on making inform if, if the industry as a whole makes makes transforms itself, p p takes that initial time to, to to set up their law practice to be limited scope. To me, that's an, a substantial improvement. From where we are now. It's nice to hear that you think that this is attainable and something that's actually within view versus something that's just a smoggy picture that no one has any idea. So I take comfort in that and I, I look forward to seeing uh, hopefully some changes in the system in, in the near future. So just to, to wrap up here, Larry, what else do you want to tell us about the, the law center, about the boot camp, about anything else that you're offering or doing or something that you might think is really useful for us to know that maybe we haven't touched on? Well, I, I can think of three things that I want you to know. That number one, that this is doable for you to learn what there is, what a lawyer knows. When I say what a lawyer knows, I don't mean everything a lawyer knows going through law school and passing the bar exam. I mean what a family law lawyer knows is simple, relatively simple in terms of law. That's number one. That's the first thing I want everyone to know, that what a family – the the expertise that lawyer has is is is, is simple and low and um, what they the real hired guns and the high paid ones the ones that justifiably ask for that what they are is a lobbyist they are your 
their executive um, committee members, the executive committee of the bar associations who helped elect the judges. And what their fees are so high for is because you are paying for a lobbyist. You're not paying for a lawyer. And lobbyists make a lot of money, and they provide huge value. Just look what, what insurance companies pay for lobbying and whatnot. Now, I don't mean any lawyer, uh, high-priced lawyers worth their weight, but I mean someone with a resume of selecting judges who run for their political party. That's power, and that's influence in a courtroom. And that's one thing that why how lawyers justify but i sorry about that tangent i went a little field let me go to the second thing first thing is you can learn what they know and that is a big that's a very small select few that have that power but if you go against one you find the other one that's my point but the second thing is that information is available and free online a lot of what you need to know is out there what you need is someone to help you organize it, which is what I try to do. So that's the second thing, that stuff is out there, free and accessible. So there's hope, and I hope you find that empowering. Um, the third thing is if you deal with parental alienation, if you find yourself, if your, your child is taking, is being fed divorce poison when the child is out of custody, you have to step up your parenting game. You can't just be a nice guy, and you can't just be loving. That's the minimum, the bare, bare minimum. But there's, there's parenting resources and there's best practices that I encourage you to learn and develop and figure out a way to present in court. So that's, there's my three gold nuggets that I want you guys to know other than you know information, how to find me, websites, things like that. Larry, thank you for your time. That was a informative, fun, animated conversation. And uh, we, we are really glad to have you as a friend of the show and look forward to seeing you again. And, and again, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for putting something in one place for parents and making it affordable and accessible to, to everyone. That's just such a, a different thing in, in, in our world and uh, is much appreciated. And uh, yes, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And you have a couple final words you want to say before we say goodbye? No, but you can find all the information for about me, the law, um, the law center, the family court boot camp, my YouTube channel, all that in the description portion of of the video online that you're producing this. And Lawrence, I have to tell you, the pleasure was all mine. I've had a lot of fun. I appreciate you asking these questions. Uh, we have just met. It was a, it's a pleasure to meet you, know you and your organization. I hope to learn more about it, and I hope you're going to be a guest on my program as well. I look forward to that, Larry, and you have a beautiful day, and I will see you around the neighborhood. You as well. Wow. I just uh, I need to take a little breath here for a second. That was a lot of information and uh, a lot of fun. I really appreciate uh Larry's animation and engagement, it, uh, it feels really good. And it's also wonderful to know that there's, there's some great people out there doing some great work and, uh, and acknowledging that, the, that accessibility and finances are really a, a barrier to a lot of people entering the conversation, a barrier to a lot of people getting help. And this isn't a fixel, but it is definitely a wonderful resource out there and, and hopefully that the community really appreciates it. And please remember to share, like, give reviews, be part of the community. And I want to remind you that we have a free 12-step program, PAA, which is Parental Alienation Anonymous, 14 meetings a week, 
jump on into the community. It's an unbelievable resource and an unbelievable place to find some folks that are sharing similar experiences. And I know for me, I couldn't do any of this stuff by myself. And we also have the Family Hope Project. And the Family Hope Project is a virtual online art gallery that advocates and educates people in the space to let them know what's going on. And I feel like the more organizations and the more people we can get to contribute to this portal, the more we can actually push this message forward all over the world and in our communities. And if you want to learn more about Larry, please check the show notes, his website, his YouTube channel, and a plethora of other informations in there. And he's also given everyone that's listening to this podcast a one-third discount off the $600 price he has on his teachings and trainings. So please take advantage of that. The code will be in the show notes. And also to honor that not everyone has the resources and the availability of time to jump fully into the course, he's also offering everybody a free ebook. And an ebook will point you in directions where to get a lot of this information for free, where you can go scour the web, and he tells you what to do, where to go, also gives you some other resources that you're going to want to use and, and read up on and watch. And some of this content's in the paid subscription, but not all of it. So please take this opportunity and subscribe to Larry. You'll get the free ebook. Or for some reason, you don't enjoy being subscribed to a bunch of stuff, just unsubscribe. But definitely take advantage of the free ebook. And again, it's made for folks with less resources. And uh, I really hope you enjoy what he has to offer. So what a great show. Next show, you'll be getting a little bit more of just me. And we'll be talking about some nuances of parental alienation. We'll be talking about some other resources that are going to be coming online and onto the podcast soon. And I can't wait to see you. Thank you, everyone, so much for all the support and love. And, uh, yep, let's keep going and see what happens next. I will see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to join me on this episode of Family Disappeared Podcast. Do you know someone who can benefit from what we're discussing on today's episode? If so, please share this podcast with them and anyone else in your community that might be interested in changing their lives. Together, we'll continue the exploring, growing, and healing journey. I will see you on our next episode. Until then, happy days to all.